Welcome to this week's C10 Conversation. I am Matt Folks. If you want to know what it looks like to be a leader in business and in the community, you don't have to look any further than our guest this week. She's been with CBiz since 1977, during which time she has gone from office manager to president and is now vice president of community engagement. Oh, and speaking of community engagement, she's the chair for the Kansas City Chamber, Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors. She served on various committees and boards uh, here in the community from St. Luke South Hospital to Starlight Theater, and she was a driving force behind the construction of the Kansas City MLB Urban Youth Academy. With that, I'm honored and excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Carolyn Watley. How are you today, Carolyn? I'm doing great, Matt. Honored to be with you, so thank you. Thank you. You know, we have a lot of ground to cover in the next 25 minutes or so, but we like to start these conversations with a quick hit segment we call pregame batting practice. Just a few questions to get to know you a little bit better. So here we go. Question number one, my mentor growing up was... I would say my parents, in particular, my mom, um, she was a working mother. And so I observed how she handled four children and a full-time career as well. And, and uh, just thought she did a fantastic job. So where did, where did you fall in line with in that foursome? I was number two. Number two. All right. Very mm-hmm. good. Middle child. <laughs> you know, I uh, we have three, and so no comment. It happens, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> Question number two: My favorite Royals player of all time is absolutely George Brett. I grew up in the George Brett era, mm-hmm. and so um, it was just such an amazing time in Kansas City and watching his career. Uh, it was just so much fun. Yeah, it really was. Question number three: The last book I read was. I just finished um, rereading The Billionaire Who Wasn't, and it's a story about Chuck Feeney, who became a billionaire. Um, I love uh, stories about uh, successful business people, and then he decided to give all of his money away during his own lifetime. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I loved his story of business success and obviously his story of giving back to the community as well. Question number four, if I could meet one person in history, it would be? I've always said it would be my grandmother. I never knew my mother's mother. And I always felt, feel like it's kind of a missing piece. And if I had known her, what, what influence might she have had on me? And what might I have learned from her that I didn't have that opportunity? Okay. Well, you cruised through those. So good job on that. Tell me about 17-year-old Carolyn Wally. So I would have been in high school and um, thinking about college uh, next year. And uh, my sister was is a year older than I, my older sister. And so I would have been um, looking to follow her off to college. My uh, life was pretty much around family and my parents both work for the church. So, uh, hmm. you know, faith was a big part of my growing up, family, friends, traveling. My, we, my parents made certain that every single year we went on a driving family vacation in the station <laughs> wagon. When I was 16, we drove from Kansas City to Anchorage, Alaska. When I was 17, we drove from here to um, Acapulco, Mexico and back. So this kind of, that was pretty much my life back then. Holy cow. Those couple of long trips. Very long trips. Especially with with, uh, three siblings in a station wagon. Correct. That's correct. (laughs) Try to picture that now. Oh, so when uh, people complain that they don't want to drive too far with their children in the minivans with the video games, video oh, movies. Yeah. Mentioned Benedictine as, as one of our partner schools for the C10 scholarship. And yes. President Steve Minnis was actually a guest on this podcast in, in November. Why did you end up going to Benedictine? 
Well, um, my mother went to St. Mary's College in Leavenworth and uh, college was never an option. It was basically, we were just going to college. That was just part of the deal. It was understood. It was never questioned. And uh, my parents were paying for our college. And basically um, I had a choice given to me between St. Mary's and Leavenworth and Benedictine. And I chose the co-ed choice, <laughs> which was Benedictine. So, um, and my sister was already there. So that also was a big part of the decision because I had a piece of home away from home there. Mm. Did it feel like you were away at college? Absolutely. Did it? It was a totally different. Yes, totally. I mean, I think just being off on your own for the very first time ever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're now making all your own decisions about getting up and going to class or not going to class <laughs> and going out or not going out. And, um, you know, all the all the decisions that you have to make and, and thinking about also having to think at long term. So, mm -hmm. you know, what what I'm doing now impacts me down the road and prepares me for my potential career. So I just think being in charge of all those decisions and, and having freedom, mm -hmm. uh, really, no one's there to, you know, not that no one was there. We had dorm directors and, and that sort of thing, but there was a sense of freedom that was definitely different. So you started at CBiz in, in 1977 when it was actually known as Robert D. O'Byrne and Associates. Yes. And, and actually, Diane O'Byrne is on our curriculum committee for C10. But She's amazing. She We're is. Very fortunate and, and, to have her. Yes. And, so, and Rob's a great guy as well. But Absolutely. You know, you've gone from office manager to eventually the president of CBiz Benefits and Insurance Services. Three things that, that really strike me with that sentence. You've been with the same company for more than 40 years, which rarely happens at all, but particularly these days, you went from office manager to president, which doesn't happen often. And, and you've gone on this journey uh, at a time when it was more expected for a woman to be an office manager instead of a president of a company. What, what are you most proud of in this 40 plus year journey? I think I'm most proud of earning those opportunities. And I think it is a matter of being dedicated and working hard, being loyal. Um, I landed in a great spot. So I started out when I started off at Robert O'Brien Associates, uh, I would call it the um, luck of the draw to be in an organization with such a fantastic leader as Bob O'Byrne. He was a fantastic mentor to all of us. And so because I landed in a great place and then I was able to learn so much from him and grew up with a group of colleagues where we were all working together to really help grow our, our company and thrive and just wanted to continue to get better and better. And, and I think I, um, I just worked hard and um, earned that opportunity. And I, I'm very proud of that. Very proud of that. Yeah. Well, before we go any further, a listener from the Kansas City area may, may have seen the CBiz building you know, down on the plaza, um, and thought, man, what is, what is CBiz? So what does CBiz do? So we're a business services company. And the way I describe it is we, we help companies with the backroom services that all companies need, no matter what business they're in. And that is things like employee benefit consulting. We help employers design and manage their benefit plans for their employees to help them be attractive to talent. We help them with human resources consulting, with compensation consulting. We help process payroll. We do accounting, tax, and advisory services. We help clients with retirement plans. 
And we help, we have executive search capabilities to help companies find executive talent and board members for, for their companies as well. So we do a lot of things and you need all those things. Generally speaking, if you're running a company, you need help and support and guidance, and you really need competence, technical competence uh, and guidance in, in all of those areas. And, and that's what we provide. Yeah, and you know, for a lot of companies, whether they're small or larger, especially these days, to be able to turn it over to somebody like CBiz and not have to hire employees to do it, it's it's got to be a huge relief. It is. It's a huge relief. And even if you have an employee in a certain area, like an employee benefit manager, we have a whole team of people that can help support that employee benefit uh, manager or human resources uh, employee. And it's our world is getting more and more and more complicated all of the time, more and more legislation. You know, it's just it's. Um, it's it's very very complicated and so having good resources to help support you as you're growing your own business and focusing on what your business is trying to accomplish we try to make that easier and allow you to focus on what you do best while we help support those other things very good when did you realize that that you had leadership abilities i think it for me it continues to be being invited to be a leader and I, I and i also think it is for me i don't i never overtly said i want to be a leader but i think to myself i've always said i don't want to be left behind and i want to do all the, the great things that a leader does and so i want to always put myself in a position to be uh to be there when the time is right and so uh, I, I think it's um, it's really making sure that I'm continuing to hone those skills so that I, and again, not wanting to be left behind. I guess there's a competitive streak that I don't necessarily acknowledge, but <laughs> I never want to be left behind. I always want to be there for those opportunities. That's uh, It goes back to the middle child thing too, maybe. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Who, who or what has shaped your leadership style over the years? Well, I, again, I'll go back to my mentor, Bob O'Byrne, and I've learned a lot from him. And then I think my leadership style, different from his, has always been, he was very much about mentoring, about being a teacher, about professing leadership <laughs> lessons. And my style has always been lead by example. I, I'm less comfortable being the professor and more comfortable showing the way that I think things could be done, should be done. Hey, this is Matt Folks. I hope you're enjoying this week's conversation. We're going to take a quick break as we introduce you to one of the students in the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. My name is Carmen Godinho. I am a senior at Lincoln College Prep. And what I enjoy most about C10 is mostly the community service projects. I love being able to give back to my community while also engaging in activities with my peers. My most favorite service project would probably be Trunk or Treat and also my own service project of making blankets for sick children at Children's Mercy. Thank you so much for helping to make that possible. That's this week's C10 Student Spotlight. Now back to the podcast. Growing up in the 70s and again at a time when for women it wasn't it wasn't this great aspiration in many cases to be a president of a company one day. And I'm not saying that was yours at that time, but how much did it help having a mother at that time who who worked 
and while I raising think, four I, kids. For me, it was huge. I think it showed me easily that it can be done. I think I always recognized that there was opportunity for women because it was something that was not as prevalent, but that it wasn't going to stay that way. And so I, I felt for me, I, I saw it as a gap and therefore an opportunity to be in the right place at the right time and to take advantage of it. What what was most challenging for you in those those early years of of your leadership journey? For me, it has always been, I think, continuing to build my own confidence mm-hmm. and being um, building courage, being comfortable with failure, being able to take constructive criticism and not feel like a failure right. um, with that with constructive criticism. So I think for me, just continuing to have confidence and build it up on an ongoing basis. But how have you worked to overcome that? I have uh, read, I read a lot. And so I've read a lot of leadership books and um, books that I think will help me. I've, um, so something like there's a book called feel the fear and do it anyway. So being comfortable that, okay, yes, I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, or I have to get through this fear or else I get left behind. So for me, I've used a lot of books and then I've tried to emulate those who I feel are successful leaders and, and have confidence. And, and so um, those would be probably the two primary ways that, that I've done that. The way you're saying it, it sounds like it's still a, it, it, it's still a work in progress, as it were. Always. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> so know, if you have any good ideas, send them my way. Like, but you <laughs> know, that's, go back that, and listen to all the podcasts because I know there's that, a good thing there that I've missed out. The, yes, this is a shameless plug, but but you know, one thing about this podcast for me personally is that it's it's cool to hear all of you guys talk about the leadership journey and and what leadership means and who has shaped that because you know, whether it's through the podcast or in our case with our C10 mentoring leadership program with our students and mentors, you know, we talk often internally about we're able to learn from these high school students and learn leadership lessons from them. And so I think as we're, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm 51 and, and so I'm still trying to learn best I can and, and apply it to my everyday life. And I think that's, that's such a cool thing about growing older, if you will. It t- totally is. It's cool to be older. <laughs> and, I, and I think that each era that you live in, there are new things to learn as well. And, and mm-hmm. you're so right about the young people teaching us so much. And if you think about things like technology, I mean, the young oh. people are showing us the way and showing how to do it. And even in our quest for social justice and, and that sort of thing in our, in our world right now, even learning from those who've had other experiences than I've had. So you heard my experience and uh, everyone else out there has had a different one. And so to be able to listen to lots and lots of different experiences, uh, I think is just so extremely valuable. And, and being a good listener right now, I think is, is a great attribute, great attribute to have, because I think there's a lot to lot we can continue to learn as we go forward. Exactly. So, so as we mentioned at the beginning of this, you're, you're active in the Kansas City community through a wide range of organizations. And besides the fact that you happen to be the vice president of community engagement at CBiz, why is, is community and, and being involved here in Kansas City so important to you? Because I'm from Kansas City. I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. I 
I think that you have an obligation. We all have an obligation to help make our um, region a better place to to live and work and thrive and play and grow a family and mm-hmm. have a successful business. And so, I I think it's just um, what we all need to do. And we all find our own way to do it. And um, others are others aside from myself are there's so many amazing people out there doing amazing things. And I am am so impressed by what so many people do. So I think it's it's just a matter of taking our own talents, what we think we can bring to the table and and bring it as best we can. And my parents also worked for the Catholic Church. My father was also a fire chief um, in his uh, full. He had two full time jobs at the same time. And so I think serving others has has been part of, of the way I grew up always and it's this is a different way to do it than my family has done it but um one that i find great joy in in doing but you're right once you start doing it especially in your hometown there's something contagious about it you just want to keep making a difference and i really feel sorry for the people who don't take that step to help other organizations because there's so much great work going on here in kansas city that man it's so it's so addicting to get involved isn't it it is. I, I totally agree with that. There's so many things to get excited about in our community. And and to your point, it's addicting, it's fun. And and I also think that there's um there are times in as as I look back at my career, there are times you don't have to do everything all at once. So I also think that one, you know, for me having the time and an opportunity to do it now, for example, when my kids are grown mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that makes a huge difference in uh in having more time and the opportunity to do it with through CBiz as well is is truly a blessing. Well, and this is this is a loaded question that we oftentimes ask, but you know, the list of organizations you support in some way, shape, or form includes see the major leagues. And as you mentioned, Dayton and, and first being introduced to the Urban Youth Academy and seeing the major leagues, but what is it about seeing the major leagues that's kept you engaged for the past I don't know, five or six years? For me, it's the it's the fact that I know that the dollars that I contribute to see in the major leagues go directly to an individual uh, to help them do something that will improve their lives, whatever that might be. So mm-hmm. I know that it's going to those who need it. I know that with your leadership and, and Dayton's leadership, that it's carefully, it's using those dollars as wisely as I would use use them as well. So I, I think knowing what great work is being done, and it kind of reminds me in a way of the billionaire who wasn't book. You know, there's so many different ways to help people out there. The variety of ways that see you in the major leagues helps is uh, is really awesome. And I, the mentoring piece of it, where you're actually con- making connections for people in our community who might not otherwise be connected right now, I think the more we can do that, the better we all will be going forward. And yeah. I've purposefully tried to do that with myself as well. So how can I connect with those who I might otherwise not have been connected to? To be able to pair a young black student in the urban core with, you know, a retired white guy in Johnson County, they can learn so much from each other. And we've mm-hmm. heard so many stories from our mentors and mentees about things that they're learning. So you're right. That's, it's a pretty powerful Powerful thing. So as we come down to our final few minutes here, let's let's go back to your leadership journey. When is one time that you struck out as a leader? Oh man, that's there's too many of those. <laughs> um, 
I think I struck out in understanding the importance of relationships, uh, you know, very early on. And I'm a very task-oriented person. I'm an analytic. I enjoy analytic thinking and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, being right, uh, one of the things analytics um, really value is being right. And so my quest to be right was, I always felt like as long as I'm right, then I'm right. And I learned along the way that you can be right and you can also be very wrong. And Mm -hmm. so being right in the right way (laughs) uh, is also very important. And being right sometimes isn't necessarily the only thing. You can also let others be right, and that can be right as well. And so I I think understanding that over the years has been helpful for me. So on the flip side of that, when's one time you've hit a home run as a leader? I would say that so many things that I've been invited to do, they're they're home runs for me. I think being invited to work um, on the Urban Youth Academy as a, as a brand new project has been a home run. I think being invited to be the chair of the Greater Kansas City Chamber has been a home run. I think invited to be on um, other boards in the, in the organization and I guess invited to participate in civic work as, and be able to give back. And, and I think being the president of our benefits group at CBIS has been a home run because I put my heart and soul into my career at CBIS. And I think being invited to be the leader of our group is a home run as well. And you did that for what, 17 years? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and speaking of 17, and that wasn't planned, but I asked you earlier about 17 year old Carolyn Watley. Uh, What would you tell 17 year old Carolyn today? I would say, um, be courageous and go think big, go for it. Think as big as you possibly can. Don't be afraid to fail. Make sure that you um, are very kind and caring for, to others. Very good. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for your time today. And and uh, thank you for all that you do in the community. And it's been, a, it's been a great time. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, so much. I've enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Well, that does it for this episode of the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we hope that you'll leave a favorable review on your favorite podcast platform. If you didn't enjoy it or you have other comments or suggestions for potential guests, you can click on the comment link in the show's notes. We drop a new episode at the end of every week, but be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an interview. And if you or your company would like to help underwrite this podcast, let me know. Until next time, this is Matt Folks for the CU and the Major Leagues Foundation saying be safe and take care.